Hi, this is Rob Reiner from the band Anvil, and you're listening to the Heavy Metal Combat Podcast. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Well, all right, it's me, Dr. Fuck, and with me as always is... Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> it's Oh, yeah, the, the Kool-Aid guy. Oh, yeah. Always here, breaking, breaking down the podcast wall. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Uh, you know who hates when you break down that podcast wall, Ian? Who's that? Not me! <laughs> but I heard, I don't know, I heard a little bird, this guy called Michael Butthurt hates when you do it. Oh, we'll yeah. get into that later. Yes. Uh, but um, we are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and we're going to review an album that was paid for from Ice Earth from, who was it, Ian? James Kevin Carruthers, or Carruthers, something like that. Yeah, we explain, we explain all about that. We, you know, people are going to get bored if we explain who he is. Okay. Uh, anyway, I think before we get into anything, uh, we should talk about something we didn't talk about last week was the opening of our show last week. Yes, sir. Uh, where people will get a little more inside information because the, the show last week was ready edited, ready to go. And then Ian found this clip and it was too late to like explain at that time. So we, I just threw it on there, but it's ba- basically two 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 uh, two people that didn't like us that are like the prime example of why we are the best. Because one of them is a sad sack that threatened to leave, and he was just uh, just a sour puss the whole day. The other one was a poser that went up to Ian and was a nice guy, and then when Ian left, he he said shit about us. Now now I, I gotta ask you, Mr. Kool Aid Man. Uh, these two guys that, 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 that fit this stupid profile don't like us. Aren't you fucking proud? <laughs> yeah, yes, I am. And I'm getting, uh, well, well, sad, sad sack Michael Butler, uh, you know, who I should say, like, the funny thing is I was excited before this. I wanted to get a copy of, uh, Force of Habit, the Exodus album. We played on to have him sign it, but I was like, man, maybe I should save all my dough for the trip and not spend the money, and then I was thinking about seeing if I could find it there and sign it, and I'm glad I didn't. And this guy, remember, he said hi to us the next morning. He's like, hi, guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, you know. I know, but, a, a very poser thing to do. Hey, yeah. you don't like us. Why are you saying hi to us? And, uh, yeah, but uh, apparently, you know, I found out shit later beyond what a diva he was the whole day. And uh, so that doesn't bother me as much. The one that, that uh, you know, you know, kind of irked me more was, was Mark Streetle. Now, I've heard from other people, I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about this, Ralph, other people who will remain nameless, uh, have sent me stuff saying that to them he was very complimentary of us and said that I was very nice and uh, enjoyed talking to me. Well, well, Ian, if because uh, I edited last week's episode, Bill Wang talked about how he said nice things about us. Yeah. And that, and, was, uh, and that was before we heard that recording. Bill Wang said that to us while we were still in Nashville. Yes, and uh, so so that that one stung a little bit more because the other guy I didn't know had no, and 
I've never met Mark Striegel before this, but, you know, he was sitting uh, right beside us, him and John Astronomy, and, you know, I don't know what John thought of us. He was, again, John was very nice to me and, uh, you know, laughed and seemed to get us, but I thought Mark did too, and and uh, Mark's wife, Emily, was very nice to us, and we were talking about having her on the show. Uh, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I don't know this John Astronomy guy at all, I mean, I met him uh, the week prior, or a couple weeks prior, because he manages Ace Fraley, and right. he was really nice at that Ace show, and he was super nice at the pod show, so it would be very shocking if right. that guy thought bad of us, because I actually saw him even enjoying our set, you know? Right, and, and, and you know, I mentioned him a lot, you know, yeah. uh, during our show, and he seemed to laugh and get it, he didn't take anything uh, personal, but... You know, Mark seemed the same way, uh, so that was kind of, I, I mean, not, you know, not like I'm going to run and cry about it, but I was like, man. No, 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 no. Let me explain something, Ian. This is what I got out of it, about what he said about us. He was smooching this idiot's ass, Michael Butthurt. Right. Uh, which is right to do, because his butt hurts. You should <laughs> should kiss it, make it all better. And, and, and their whole thing was so snobby, like... We started in 2004. What do you think of these newcomers? I mean, come on. Let's compare ages, dude. You know, I'm no newcomer, motherfucker. And and uh, just because I started the podcast later doesn't give you any su- su- superiority. So that's like saying that fucking uh, Pat Boone is better than the Beatles, right? Get the fuck out of here with your bullshit. You know, oh, because we started podcasts earlier. We're professionals. No, actually... You're, you're, nobody knows you. I didn't know about them. I didn't know Talking Metal. Even though Bill Wang's brought up that he's been on that show, I didn't even put two and two together. Even then, it wasn't until you know later on when you told me, yeah, that's the show. Bill Wang goes, oh, that's the one, because it's like so non-existent in my radar. And I know my podcast because I listen to a lot of cool podcasts like Decibel Geek and, and the Gilbert Goffrey one. You ever heard that one? Uh, God, who was writing me the other... Uh, Vincent Cavanaugh sent me a link to it. He said, man, you got to check it out. No, no, yeah, no. I, I, I love Gilbert Cavanaugh. No, his, his fucking podcast is great. But, of course, these guys wouldn't like it because it's funny. Thank you. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, like I said, it, you know, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep because I, I know what we got here. I know we got a quality show that a lot of people love. So, regardless of what anybody says... Uh, you know, and I got to tell you, I was really surprised the other day. Uh, you know, I told you about I got changes at work, so I don't get to listen to podcasts like I used to. I haven't heard our own podcast, which I always listen to. I mean, not like egotistical, but to see what I could do better. You know, what worked, what didn't work. I haven't listened to it since March. Yesterday, I listened to um, the show from, from the expo because... Honestly, I was so ripped by them. I didn't remember it. And I told you, it happened so fast. It was like a blur. It's like, I remember everything from the Raven show. But we were on stage. It was like a total blackout. It might, might have been thanks that Jim Bean, uh, John Aldemeyer gave me. But uh, I was like, oh, God. You know, I knew the reaction we got. And I knew some people loved us and a lot of people hated us. And I was like, man, let me look. I, I hope we, we did good. You know, I hope we didn't do, like, it wasn't bad even. I listened to that show and I laughed my ass off. I thought that was the best representation of you and me. I thought we were spot on. We stayed true to who we were. We were entertaining. 
and and I was damn proud when I when I, when I, was, I was like pleasantly surprised. I was like, we did exactly what we should have done. Well, honestly, and me listening back, I I, I I noticed I was a bit too shy. Well, you weren't drinking. You should have been drinking more. <laughs> I was being now a bit too sarcastic, you idiot. <laughs> oh, you know, you were fucking great and a great story. You know, there, there was there, there was not only um, you know the the Mike. And, and the Mark Striegel thing. There was another podcast, uh, The Hustle, that complained about us. Being oh, yeah. Well, well, that's a funny story because all this drama happened while I was in the Nashville airport. Right. Uh, you you just left me because you, your flight was leaving like an hour uh, earlier than mine. Right. So you just left. And I mean, literally, like when you left and walked in, I went on my phone and I got a message from uh, the guy from... Um, uh, Mars Attacks, Victor Ruiz. Listen to Mars Attack <laughs> with Victor Ruiz. And uh, I was like, what the fuck? So I thought it was him bashing us. But right, I did too. I misunderstood it. And it turned it's, it was easy to misunderstood because what the guy did was he pretty much copied in text what the guy said about us, not letting us know it's somebody else saying, I'm like, what the fuck's up with this guy? It turned out he was just like, you know, giving us the script of what this dude said about right, us. Right. But what's funny about it, the guy made a podcast bashing us. And by the time, like, we got a wind of it, we said something, the fucker deleted it. Oh, yeah, he got so much shit over it, he took it down. <laughs> but but somebody, and I will really name, I will not name the person, actually downloaded it before it was deleted. Nice. And I got a copy of it. Yeah, and the guy, it really wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's what I heard, that it wasn't no. as bad as it, it was made to seem. <laughs> he did say we were annoying and we were pointless. That was, like, the worst thing he said, but then... You know, after that, I mean, he did say something very complimentary. He said, you know when you're at a red light and a car drives next to you blasting, you know, and on my case, it's like hip-hop, where it's so loud, it's annoying. He said, we were like that, but we wouldn't leave. <laughs> Which for him, I'm sure was an insult, but for me, it was like, hell yeah, man, we're fucking annoying as fuck. But you know what kind of chaps my ass about that shit is, you know, there was a lot of different podcasts there. But we were all there for one reason. So even if there was a podcast there uh, that, that, you know, wasn't my style or anything, I wouldn't have slammed any of them. No. And, and, this, and this is coming from, you know, you know we're, we're quick to tell you if a record sucks, if we think an artist sold out and do all that. But you know what? We were all just regular podcasters there, all trying to do our thing. And, and you know, and there was shit up there that wasn't my bag. Uh, Michael Butter didn't even go up there, did he? No, because I, I, he says he doesn't like talking in front of people. Yeah, it's like, what a weird dude. Why? I mean, it's okay if you're like an introvert and this and that, but why the fuck do you have a podcast if you're this way? Yeah, and, and this is the same guy. I mean, fuck it. Let, let's, let's throw it out there. He wants to throw it out bad we suck. This is a guy who shows up late to the event and then complains about not having a prime table or having to share a yeah. table. Then the motherfucker gets his own table in front of the kids' casket, which is something that everybody wants to see. You'd think he'd be happy as a pig in shit. You well, know, because like, and, hey, and, you got your yeah. own table right in front of something everybody sees, but it's still not good enough. No, and he threatened to leave. This is a guy that flew in from San Francisco, farther right. than both of us. Yeah, and a guy... We, we had people on the show and we did fucking the records you want to hear. This motherfucker was charging like 150 bucks to have dinner with them. Are you kidding me? 
No, dude, that that was one of his things. I think it was like 150 bucks, and you could have dinner with Michael Butler. Did anybody actually pay that? I think two people did, and only one guy showed up. <laughs> wow. We need to get the, that those two people on our show. Oh, and 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 I listened to because uh, I was like, man, you know, what is the problem this guy had? You know, I could see if we had like a pre-existing condition, like this guy didn't already like us, or we did something to piss him off. But he did like five episodes, uh, and I'd never, I never—I mean, I knew of his show, I heard of his show, I heard, you know, I heard, guy. I heard one episode years ago where he interviewed Bill Coin. Yeah, and, and I heard that was a good one. Yeah, you know? it was. It wasn't bad. Uh, he, he's a big far, a fan of that band Stars, which I love too, which is cool. I mean, I look, look, I, I, I think I may have listened to another one. I'm not sure, but it really is weird for me to listen to a podcast and like it. And not go back and listen to other episodes, which right. I must have and said, okay, this ain't for me. But, but he did an interview Bill Coyne, and it was a good interview, you know? Right, but, but this guy did like five five or so that he's put up already, uh, you know, podcasts. He were, a lot of people recorded podcasts. We didn't, you know, at, you know, at our table. But uh, he put up another one where he was just complaining about the All-Star Jam. He was supposed to be, he's like, I hope it doesn't happen. I don't want to play. These guys, you know, they're not professionals. Probably haven't even practiced, you know. Oh, God, I don't want to do this shit. You know, like, what a fucking bitch, you know. And he later made an episode where he apologized. But I'm just like, man, if this is the shit that you say, you're stone cold sober, I'm thinking that's how you really feel. You know, you just got, you know, people actually listened to it and, like, called you out on your bullshit. Now you're backpedaling. You said what you really think. Yeah. But now, but now you're fucking backpedaling. Which is another reason to be very proud that he didn't like us. Another fucking poser move. Right. But, uh, you know, and I'll tell you this. We had our own table. They paid a table just for us. Then all oh, of a sudden yeah. they ran out of podcasts. So they, they moved uh, the album, great albums, whatever. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're going to have to put these great albums in your table. What do we do? Scoot our chairs over. Come on in, oh, guys. Yeah. Come well, on in. No problem. Come on in. Here's another thing. You missed it because when you got there, you went right away to the records, and I stayed at the table in case somebody well, came up. Don't, don't, you don't have to bring up my addictions, okay? <laughs> no, 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 that was fine. But I stayed there, you know, just to see what's going on. Michael Butler was originally next to us. I ran a cord for this asshole because he's complaining about power. I said, hey, I've got a power strip here. Plug right into my stuff, dude. I mean, no problems. We're all here together. Like, I tried to help this motherfucker. And then I don't know if he had a problem sitting that close to us or what. But the next thing you know, he was gone and he got his own table. And then that other, uh, the other podcast sat next to us after that. But I had already ran a cord and tried to help this dude out because that's what I thought we were. We're all podcasts, trying to do our own thing, you know, helping each other out. And and let me stress that that you know, besides these two little like anomalies, every other podcast was cool as fuck. Hell yeah! And and I tell you what, you want to hear? This really made my day today. I listened to you know, Ken Mills has fifty-seven podcasts. And his pop podcast he has with Christine the Button Queen and uh, Courtney, uh, the comedian that was up on stage, <coughs> yeah, worked on the Kiss Cruise, sitting right next to us. She she loved us so much and just gave us a glowing review. If you listen to the latest episode of Pop, which I recommend, it's a really good episode. 
but she was so nice to us and, and, and said we were hilarious, made her laugh. And here's the funny thing, because I know you tried to do this. The funny thing is, uh, you know, Striegel talked the shit about us. She was re- she was interviewing <laughs> Talking Metal while we were on, and she said she had to scrap the whole recording because <laughs> she, she, she goes, she goes I'd, I'd ask a question, I'd say something, next thing you do, you're, fuck, fuck you, fuck your yeah. mother and shit. And she goes, she goes, and I would die laughing. She goes, so I had to scrap the whole thing. She goes, I think we're gonna gonna redo it in September. She goes, and my attitude was, who gives a shit? She goes, this is awesome. This is great. She said she really enjoyed us. Uh, was was very nice to me. Said I had her cracking up. So to me, to have an actual comedian, uh, somebody that does live stand up, somebody that writes comedy for television, does all the shit she does, that she enjoyed us. That says a lot more to me than what uh, you know a small minority says. And I know we did, you know, we did clear the room, but I listened to it. We were pretty salty, and we we were us. But you know, the people who got us loved us. And I I I consider it like probably when people saw Kiss for the first time. What the fuck is this shit? You know, people are either gonna love it or hate it because it was so different. Than everything else. Well, you know I did. I, mean? I did bring this up in the last episode when we went up there and we were going nuts. There were only six people watching us. By the time we were over, it doubled to twelve. Right. You know? So at least some people. And you know, we even had uh, what's the guy from the Kiss Room? What's that, that guy's name? Matt Porter. Matt Porter. I mean, I was bashing the guy, and he went up there and he started laughing with us. Oh, he yeah. got the joke. Ken Mills is... Oh, yeah. Dude, you hear Ken Mills in the recording. He's that high-pitched laugh you keep hearing. Oh, yeah. Oh, he and, was and, loving it, and we're fucking destroying them, and they loved it. And they knew it was all all out of love, dude. You know, you know, BJ and, and, and Sinzak, everybody we were talking to and, and joking on. I mean, I was hard as fuck on TikTok, man, and I love that motherfucker, but that's how we are. And the people who love us and get us, that's what they expected, and a lot of people did get it. Some people didn't. But what I loved, when I listened to that, I was very proud. We were true to ourselves, and and I was damn, damn proud of our performance. I of think course, and I, and I said, it, it'll work as long as we have nothing planned. You right. know, let's go up there and do our thing, man. Don't fucking script anything. Don't do anything, you know, just let's go up there and be the fucking scumbags we are. Because we are the dirtbags of podcasts. Yes, because, and I'm proud of that. No, yeah, because we... we we do it, we're, we're unfiltered, we do it our way, and uh, we're not doing this shit to get guests, and you know, because that fucks up the show. Oh boy, we better not say nothing bad about Nikki Six or we'll never get him, you know? Right. Or Tommy Lee, and you know, oh, oh, we can't do the top uh, 10 worst Motley Crue songs, we need Tommy Lee. And you know, Brandon's on there at number one. <laughs> And all the podcasts, that's what they do. They would not say nothing bad about somebody because they want to get those guests, which is cool. I'm not bashing them for that. That's their thing. It's something to be proud of. But it's like, fuck it, dude. You shoot fire. You, you, you shot at us. You know, shots were fired. Right. It's good to talk about. I'm not Michael Butthurt. I'm just like, oh, really? Well, let's 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 analyze you two idiots. You know, oh, we're wannabe comedians? No, sorry. We don't want to be comedians. We just want to be ourselves. That's it. Yeah, and, and, and we did it. And that's why I was so happy when I, when I heard that, dude. Because I, I was proud. I thought it was you and me 
being you and me, un unfiltered, and just our regular selves, and, and and that's what I love the best, man. It just it came off like any one of our shows. I mean, of course, it was special because we got to bring up you know you know the listeners who showed up and and and, and friends of ours, and I I thought it was great, dude. I was very proud of what we did. But 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 fuck them anyway. I mean that's the. I mean if you don't like us, that's one thing. But you know what? Even if he would have got up and and I didn't like what he did, I I wouldn't have slammed him like that because he's doing his his own thing. You know, stand on no, stand on your own fucking. That's feet, right, dude. You know? He, you know your show, whatever. If you had two people pay 150 bucks to have dinner with you, then you must be doing something right. At least the two people. So I'm not gonna bash him as far as his podcast goes. Like I said, I did enjoy the Bill of Coin uh, review. I kind of, sort of, like in a way, I'm thinking, I think I heard another review where he praised Cheap Trick, but then he started playing these like, you know, power pop type bands I couldn't get into, and I think that's why I stopped listening. But it doesn't matter what, just like what the great Mike Mirror says, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's no good. You know, yeah. so I, I'm not going to sit here, and I know, dude, actually, I knew about him threatening to leave. You know, I knew, and I could tell by his whole demeanor and the whole show, he was just, and you can hear his voice, his tone, in that little clip I put in last week, like, oh, yeah. And then the other guy, like, lathering his ass, like, yeah, you've been, you've been an inspiration to me. You started in 2004. I started in 2005. What do you think of these new podcasts? You know, and it's, and it, and it's so cocky, and like, fuck you, dude. If you don't like us, fine, but, dude, we're not going to bash you. You know something that that was kind of like threw me off was Odds and Sods were there and I liked that podcast. I didn't even realize. Uh, pods, pods and Sods. Yeah, Pods and Sods. I actually liked that podcast and I didn't know they were there. I wish I would have talked. I would have loved to talk to them because they always interview Kay Hanley. There's yeah. like three episodes of Letters to Cleo and or two episodes and I would have loved because they, they know their shit when it comes to them. So yeah. and I like that podcast a lot. I had no idea they were there. You know, and there, there was some other podcasts, like a real nice one. I don't know if you saw it. The guy wrote uh, you and me a joint message on uh, Facebook, but Lee McCormick, who is from the, uh, he's from the uh, Bruce Springsteen podcast, and and he wrote me. He said, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm a fan of your show." He goes, "I'm sorry I didn't get to talk to you or Ralph." He goes, "But I'm a fan of your show. I love what you do, and I, I just wanted to let you know." Oh, that's I, awesome! Yeah, and it was oh my god, dude! And I heard—I mean, I know you're not—you're not, you're not a, uh, a Bruce Springsteen fan or anything, but he did—he got up with the All Stars and did a—they uh, did a cover of Badlands, the Bruce Springsteen song. I, I oh, like that song. I like uh, Candy's Room too. Holy fuck! Did this guy sound like Bruce Springsteen? I mean, he fucking nailed it. But I just thought it was so nice. This guy just went out of his way and just said, "Hey, I just want to let you know." I dig the show, and, and I wish I could have got to spend time with you guys. Nebraska, another a, a oh. fucking excellent album. Oh, I, I love See, that. I, I, I don't hate Bruce Springsteen. I just right. like, I, 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 Hungry Heart is like a, an amazing single. That right. was, that. if that guy's listening right now, yes, yeah. I know. He wrote it for the Ramones. See, oh, I know yeah. a little bit. I know a little bit. Well, the great thing, I was talking to the guy the other day, and I was like, I was like, oh, next year you got to do uh, Adam Raised the Cane. Which is off a of dark. It's probably like the heaviest song Bruce ever did. It's a really heavy, like not only lyrically but musically <laughs> song. And I was like, you got to do that. He goes, 
will Wadzilla get up and sing? I was like, fucking hey, you play that, I'll get up there and butcher that shit, dude. I'd but, love you know, to sing Hungry Heart if you allow me, or Candy's Room. Oh man, I'll but, do it. You know, it was just nice. You know, you know, you know, we're we're picking out the guys that were sour pusses, but there were so many other podcasts that were so nice to us and complimentary to us. And, and not just saying, like, hey, you got to like us for us to like you. It's not like that. It's just about being decent fucking yeah, people just fucking, and being nice. And, and, we're, and we're the scumbags. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, b- believe me, I knew how but- Michael Butthurt was acting the whole time. I would have never, ever, ever. Look, after we had that thing, we went back to the hotel and we did our show. Did we mention this guy one time? Not once. Uh, and I knew, fact, I knew he was being a pain in the ass, but I never mentioned him. As a matter of fact, like Bill Wayne pointed out, he goes, he goes. What pissed me off even more, he goes, when I listen to to your guys' recap show, you talk up talking metal about how nice they were and everything. And yeah. it, and, and, and by saying talking metal, I'm not dragging uh, John Ostrowski, astronomy, and with that or Emily because they were super cool. Uh, you know, the thing that sucks is Striegel was so nice to me, but then to go say that, and if you listen to it. He's the one who started it. He instigated it, yeah. yeah. Actually, Michael Butthurt, all he said was, yeah, well, well they were oh, great. Like, oh, it was, like a little like, Butthurt way. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't even as bad as Striegel, because Striegel was like, yeah, they're wannabes or something like that. I was yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck, dude? And because I never, I never got to talk to him. You were the one that spoke with him and his wife. Right. I, I never spoke to either of them because there were vinyl. There was vinyl there, dude. But, right. uh, but, but, and, and I got none of it. <laughs> I got no vinyl. Boy, was it a pain in the ass bringing that back home. Oh, but, but you got so much good shit. But no, I, I started to look around a little bit, but I was like, oh shit, maybe I better man the table in case somebody comes up, you know? And, uh, and, and so I, I didn't get anything. I'd, I'd love to next time. But I, I think the guy you bought all that shit from was no, the no, guy who, I, I bought, the guy who, go ahead. Who, I, I think that's the guy who started this shit with me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I understand. The guy, the, I thought he was the best vendor there. He was right. the one that had all the good shit. I, I think we should end this conversation about Nashville, about my predicament at the moment. Okay, give me your predicament. No, I'm saying my predicament at the moment, where there may, oh, not, yes. be, there may not be new shows for a bit. Because uh, this Hurricane Irma is very scary. And yeah. I may be without power for a while. I lived through Andrew, and this shit makes Andrew look like Michael Butthurt. What, what was Andrew? What category? Storm? I believe it was a four, or maybe a three. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and this one's a five. Yeah, and borderline on a six. They're talking about creating a six. It doesn't even exist. Yeah, it doesn't even exist. But the, this is the, the largest uh, record hurricane ever recorded so far, and it just wiped out an island. You know, and I'm freaking out. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm going to work uh, because I work for the city and I'm not turning my back on this great city and this great job that I've been there 10 years and I would never even work where I got to say some people have. Yeah, I don't want it'll be, to it'll, it'll be a very sad podcast listening back on this right now, listening to me talking and I'm dead. Right. Yeah. Especially with my shitty editing skills. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, this will be heard. I'm, I'm editing this. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the next ones, they're going to be choppy. Yeah, this will probably be, probably, uh, let's not hope it's the very last performance of Dr. Fuck before I get killed in a, a fucking Category 5 hurricane. 
But uh, I'm not going to lie. I am afraid. I'm very afraid, not only for me, but my parents and all my friends down here. We're, we're all fucking, we're all petrified. And those that are, are like, eh, yeah, whatever, you know, you're all fools. You don't know what the devastation a, a hurricane could do to you, you know. And Andrew, I lived it. I lived through it, and this one is fucking much more brutal. So um, we're all very afraid down here, and rightfully so. A lot of people are leaving, and rightfully so, but I can't I can't do it. I can't do it to my my beloved Miami Beach, which I love with all my heart, you know, and I can't, I can't turn my back on it, you know, so... But then again, you know, if I didn't work for the city, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be with you now. <laughs> no shit, you, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be chilling at Casa de la Juan. Exactly, because I'd be like, fuck Miami Beach. I wouldn't be I able to afford to live here anyway if it wasn't for the city job. And hell, we, we don't know what's going on here in New Orleans. I mean, everybody's freaking out because if this thing turns and goes into the Gulf, it could be heading straight for New Orleans. And then we have uh, Jose right behind it. And then there's also a tropical depression right now in the uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, so it's uh, scary times. Yeah. So as this airs, when you put it up, I'm gonna be in the middle of it. You know, I'm gonna be in hurricane. I mean, I expect if the hurricane does hit us, I'm not leaving my job. I'm gonna be there stuck for days. So I will take my laptop to work. Hope, hopefully, you know, the thing beautiful about my job. I mean, keeping my fingers crossed is there. We have a generator. You know, I work for the city. I mean, it's it's as secure as could be. We got the shutter, we got everything, but we're also two blocks away from my from the actual beach, so we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we do have right. a second floor. I'm sure I I have hope I'll be okay. I have hope I'll survive, but you know, there is that chance. You know, so I I just want to say everybody out there, I love you all, man. This is a dead man saying I love you. Oh man, you bring me down, man. Well, it's the truth, dude. I can't, I can't hide the. You no, know, I, hear you. I, I, I have a lot of fear, man. I, I'm not gonna lie. And anybody that's in Florida right now, with any sense, you know, we are facing something that's very life-threatening. You know, with Andrew, uh, it didn't really hit, it, it hit the beach a bit. Fuck, you know, power lines, and we got we're out of power for three weeks. But it was nothing compared to what happened in Hialeah, where I actually went. Because they made everybody evacuate Miami Beach. So we went to Hialeah. This is before I worked for the city. And, uh, oh my God. What happened? A big-ass tree fell in the house we were in. It was like fucking mayhem, man. It was like we all huddled uh, in the hallway of this bathroom while things were just bashing against the house. And you hear, like, big booms going out outside. And uh, what do they call those uh, electric things that are on... on um, on poles are blowing up. Transformers. Transformers blowing up. It, it was fucking, it was like the end of the world. And so my job is to be, you know, I'm a control room operator. For those that don't know, I answer phones and that's all I can do. You know, I'm uh, when the citizens call about any concern, they call us. But we can't go out. No, You know, I mean, something I don't know a lot of people know this because a lot of people are telling me, please be safe, you know, don't be a hero. No, policemen, firemen, you name it, electricians, everybody, nobody is allowed to go out during the hurricane, you know, so we're not allowed to go outside during it, you know, we have to stay indoors, everybody does, and just hope for the best, and then when it's over is when we can go outside and fix the repairs, and, and that's another horrible part of it, you know, so we'll see what happens. Billy, don't be a hero. 
Exactly. All right. <coughs> we got time for news, or is that it? Well, if not, then we'll make it a YouTube exclusive in three years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we'll get into some news then. All right. Well, somebody that we had a chance to uh, interview who never showed up to the expo, Rex Brown, says he was the least metal guy in Pantera. Yep, so Rex is uh, the least metal guy in Pantera. You're kind of like the Rex of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Ouch. But I'm... I hate metal. Try the veal. All right, well, back into the metal uh, that I hate. Uh, Steven Zetro Souza says he isn't bothered by Exodus not being part of the big four. says it doesn't really matter to me. Um... Now, now, let me ask you, because, I mean, you were right there. You know, I, I came a little bit after. Uh, I, I think we've all agreed that what they call the Big Four was based <coughs> solely on record sales. Yes. Um, but why do you think that the other bands achieved more success than, say, uh, an Exodus or a Testament or, or an overkill? Do you, do you feel that it purely came down uh, to songs, to uh, record label promotion? Yeah, I think management was a big factor in it. Uh, because if you really look, I mean, yeah, and also, I think, I mean, but this is my musical opinion, and I know some people will disagree with it. In Exodus's case, they came out of the gate perfectly. But then their follow-ups, it just wasn't, quite there. I thought Pleasure of the Flesh was a huge disappointment. I liked Fabulous Disaster much more. But then Objection Over... Not Objection Overrule. Impact is imminent. Intimate, yeah. Which I do like the album. Don't get me wrong. I like it. But it's just too... It was them saying... It was almost like they're being thrashed for the sake of being thrashed. And they weren't really concentrating on the songs except for... Oh man, what's that one song? Only Death Decides. That's the name of it. I mean, that album had great songs like the um, Objection Overruled and Good Morning. I mean, I'm not, Thrash Under Pressure. But Lunatic Parade was them trying to do thr- uh, the Toxic Waltz again. Right. They did a lot of missteps. And then, you know, what we talked about earlier on Force of Habit was them buckling to... Uh, but, you know, it's right. like everybody... Like like the glam movement, everybody was following Motley Crue. Thrash movement, everybody was following Metallica because everybody was thrashy as fuck to the Black Album. Then... Testament did the ritual. Uh, even though Overkill didn't, you know, uh, follow Metallica, but they did follow the, the 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 blueprint of them changing their sound with I Hear Black, which is great. It's a sound right. album. But all these, you name it, violence changed. I don't think right. any band, you know, I mean, Overkill rebounded on the next album, WFO, but, but before that, I mean, they went, everybody was trying to, you know, get a little more uh, commercial. Yeah. And and I think that hurt hurt a lot of them. Anthrax was a fluke, man. To me, that shit's a fluke. They started off really strong, and then when they started to wane is when they got really popular. And I was like, huh? But then, you know, I, I know I'm in the minority, you know. Everybody, like, what's your favorite? Make a poll. What's the best Anthrax album among the living will win, hands down? I don't agree at all. Well, I, I wouldn't agree either, but I love Among the Living uh, way more than you. Uh, but I, I, I think there's a lot of factors. I, I think, you know, 
promotion and and uh, you know record company push does come into it. But yes, Exodus, I love Exodus, but I I think they did you know make a misstep as far as songwriting wise. Yeah, I, I mean I agree. There, there, there's some great stuff, but like I prefer <coughs> I prefer Force a Habit over Impact is at an uh yeah, I would, well, I, actually, I would put them as almost equal, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I, I mean, I, I know Impact is thrashier, but I think there's actually better songwriting on uh, Force of Habit. You know, man, I love that fucking title track. Dude. I never get tired of that. And as far as Overkill, I think Overkill, it all comes down to, to Blitz. Because Blitz has one of those voices... You either get or you don't. Um, Testament, uh, I, I I fucking I love I love Testament. Uh, I even love the Ritual. I like I like the Ritual better than the Black Album. Uh, but I think it was the wrong move. You know, I, I definitely think you know they should have stayed thrash. I love you know the album they did after that Low, which bombed. I think Low is way way better than. Which is coming out on vinyl for the first oh, time. Oh, I know, dude. I want to copy that so fucking bad. Oh, I, 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 and I'm not, I'm not a huge Testament fan. I'll admit it. But right. I love the legacy. I love most of New Order, and Practical What You Preach. Everybody loves. There's like four tracks on there. Like our I lost thought, episode. Our lost episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Souls of Black, uh, which I felt like is the most uh, underrated of them all because everybody hates that one. I thought that was a good return of form. Ritual is just terrible, other than Electric Crown, which, again, is different than, you know, what you would expect from oh, Testament. Yeah. It's great more, song, though. It's great a song. more of a traditional metal song, but it's fucking awesome. What do you, what do you think of Low? I love Low. I love oh, the, yeah. I love Ride, Dogface God, Low, yeah. the song. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good st- stuff on there, but, man, my favorite is The Legacy and The Gathering. Those two cannot be topped. Oh, The Gathering. Amazing. That is like a perfect fucking testament album. I mean, everybody's top notch. You have Dave Lombardo. You have what's his face on bass? God damn it, the guy oh, that's with him Steve, now, Steve DiGiorgio. Steve DiGiorgio from Death and Sadus. Uh, that guy is a god. You know? Yeah, and, and, who's with him now again? Yeah, and uh, but you know, what I mean, uh, I didn't like Dark Roots that oh, much. Oh, I love Dark Roots. I like I like Rise Up was okay, but you know. Uh, and what's the other one? The new one? It was, it was all right. I mean, I, I, it had I, I its like moments, but it's just... I don't know. To me, Testament, I mean, they did change with Lull. They started with the guttural vocals, and they remained that way. But before that, they were like Metallica clones. They were trying to be Metallica. No, they were, man, but I don't know. There's just something about fucking Testament I've always fucking loved. Yeah, but. I know. They're, and, and, and to me, dude, they're, they're much bigger than... Uh, bands I think that are way better in the thrash genre. I mean, I can I can name bands that sold like three records right. that are way better than well, Testament. I, I'll tell you another one that I, that I love that you know didn't get a lot of uh, exposure was uh, Forbidden. I like Forbidden. Well, Forbidden is way better than than uh, Testament, but Forbidden also did a misstep. You know, they they did one, the first album Forbidden is so Forbidden even is so strong. Yeah. It's like the Judas Priest of Thrash. But I like, like I like Twisted Into Form. Twisted too. Into Form was good. Not as good, but it was good. Right. After that, they went to shit 
with a uh, uh, green and distortion. Yeah. It was terrible. The last one uh, was good, uh, Alpha Omega, whatever it's called. But it was too late. It was a Ooh. reunion after twenty years. But it's a it's a good album. You know what I like? I got to send to you. Uh, Mr. X sent it to me. The new MOD. MOD just put oh, it out. Yeah, yeah. Definitely wanna, I definitely want to hear that. And that's another band I absolutely love that did a lot of shitty albums. But, man, they have this album. Oh, what's the name of it? Oh, God damn it. The one ass. Fuck. Oh, Rhythm of Fear. Yeah. <coughs> 1992 album. I believe it's the third full length. You know, not, not including... Uh, Surf, uh, surfing MOD was a total misstep. Even though it's a fun listen, right. it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Beach Boys and all this stupid shit. But it had that song, Mr. Oofus, which was great. But right. man, USA for MOD, fucking beyond class. I put that right up there with SOD. Gross Misconduct, a perfect thrash album. Very crossovers. And Rhythm of Fear was damn, but then... Devolution, Dictator Aggression, Rebel Rebel You Love to Hate was like, what the hell? They're doing new metal? Even though they're spoofing new metal, but to to, to music of new metal. Yeah, but, you know? but the, the funny on Rebel You Love to Hate is the Kiss song that I fucking love. Oh, I, you see, I gotta listen to that one again. What was it called? Uh, it's it's called Get Ready. It's subtitled Almost Live Kinda. And it's them doing a Kiss song. And it's fucking awesome. I mean, it's 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 totally uh, like tipping their hat to kiss. It's it's, well, it's fun though. Well, this is something you may not be aware of because it hasn't reached blabbermouth yet. But one of the original members of MOD, I believe, is on the new album, or maybe he, they took him off or something. Dude, that guy is so vicious against Billy Milano on Facebook. Vicious as hell because Billy Milano. Which, which guy? Oh, I think it was the bass player of, of uh, USA for MOD. Uh, John Monty? No, no. John Monty was not on the first album. Okay. John Monty went on to do a great band called Mind Funk. Yes, and he was in uh, ministry for a while, too. Yes, uh, with the guitar player, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, Louis Stibbick? Louis, yeah, yeah. The great, great fucking, two great, amazing musicians. But the original bass player, dude... It's because Billy Milano in the pre- in some interviews said, don't trust this guy because that guy's got a record company now. And, dude, this guy has been slandering Billy Milano like you wouldn't believe. It's a total war. Uh, let me see the guy's but, name. Uh, Ken, Ken Balon one or Baloney? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe it was the guitar player? Uh, who's the guitar player on the first album? Tim McMurtry? Tim McMurtry. Anyway, I, I want to get off the news for one second to do a little shout out to somebody that's on our, po- our podcast page called John Hansen. You know who that is? Yes, sir. I do know who it is. That guy put up a picture with Bootsy Collins, Buckethead, Angus Young, and Cliff Cliff Williams. Yes. Oh my God! I saw that picture. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Now that's some epic shit right there. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and now back to the news. All right. Well, I think that's our last story. All right, and, cool. And uh, we're getting ready to get into this awesome episode uh, <laughs> on Iced Earth. Yes, yes. A great, great fucking band. Yes. Pay attention, kiddies. All you maiden tards out there, you're going to love this band if you give them a chance. Oh, and I... If I, you're not aware of them, by the way. And I, I want to add, Ralph, 
uh, you know, we recorded this episode a few weeks ago. Uh, I went back and listened to the newer versions. Oh, Day of Purgatory, yes. You were right. Oh, wow. You do love metal. Eh, I don't know. Maybe I want to yeah. fuck it. You never know. Let's get in the review. All right, now it's time to review the 1992 album from Iced Earth. 91. 91. 91? Yes, sir. All right, 91. Night of the Storm Rider. And uh, Ian, who uh, who asked for this one? Uh, This is for a mystery man. This is for James Kevin Carruthers. And I have no idea who this fine gentleman is who uh, donated, but... uh, How do you know he's fine? Well, because he donated in in our honor. But he is not on the Facebook page. Uh, Unless he was here and left, I don't know. I know he's not blocked, but he wrote an email to to, uh, the great Chris Sinzak and said, Hey... These guys haven't answered me back. You know, I, I, I donated for him. And since I said he goes, I double checked. Yes, he did donate for it. And um, so, brother, if you're a listener who just doesn't do Facebook, uh, man, we, we appreciate it. And uh, I wasn't ignoring you. I just didn't know you were, you existed. It's 2017. Get on Facebook. Well, and get on the get on the Rocket Metal Combat podcast page. And don't piss Ralph off. And when we put it up, uh, let Sizzler know to tell him that it's up. Oh, well, well, I, I got an email contact with this guy. <laughs> oh, okay. And, yes, and, and, I, and I let him know that, yes, uh, we are doing your episode, and thank you, and, and it is upcoming. So uh, I don't know how this guy checks us out or how he found us. I don't have a whole lot of info on this guy other than he was good enough to pay uh, money to pick this metal album for us to review. So... So thank you. You helped paid for this amazing weekend that we just had, and we appreciate it. And he's fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. You yeah. want you want to tell us how? I have a very interesting story how he discovered Iced Earth, but I'll let you go first. All right. Well, Iced Earth. I actually discovered. I mean, I mean, just through metal magazines, just seeing ads, and always thought they had interesting album covers, but. Uh, they, they just went, they were off my radar in the 90s. I mean, I knew of them, but, you know, one thing, and I know this is total, like, lame, but just because experiences I had in the 80s, if you weren't on a major label and I didn't hear your shit, chances are I didn't check it out because I just... Poser! Yeah, I know, right? I, I, I would think it was, you know, like, oh, there's a reason you're not on a major, you know, or there's a reason I don't see a video. There must be something wrong. And, uh, or like the sound quality would be really bad, but man, I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, I discovered a few songs from these guys in the new millennium we are in and I was like, okay, that's cool. But you know, for whatever reason, either I was preoccupied with something else. I never really dug deep, uh, into these guys, even though through Mr. X, I was like, well, man, they've been around this long. There's gotta be something. Let me get their discography. Uh, but still, I have so many albums, I never got around to checking it out. Uh, but, you know, I've talked to you about it, and you recommend certain albums. You re- recommended one I went back and listened to, to a couple weeks ago. Uh, I believe it was Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yes, I, 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 not my favorite, but I figured to get somebody into Ice Earth, that would be the album to do it. 
Right. Well, I absolutely love that album. Yeah, I thought I, I, was, no, the album is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. No, I, I thought it was really good. I was like, you know what? Here's just some, like, just blue-collar fucking metal. You know, and that's another thing that maybe, you know, it's hard, hard to think as much as I drink. But maybe that's another thing that might have deterred me from checking it out is because they kind of are considered more within the power metal genre, kind of. Uh, you know, and I was never that huge into that. But, man, when you made that suggestion and we had a couple other people that have guessed it on the show, been on the Facebook page, recommended it, I was like, all right, all these people can't be wrong. There's got to be something here. And uh, right after that episode where you told me to listen to Something Wicked This Way comes, I actually listened to you for once and uh, checked that album out as soon as we were done recording and really loved it. So when I saw this request for this one, I was like, Okay, I'm ready for this, because I like that. Let me see what this is about. I knew it was going to be with a different singer, uh, you know, but I was like, hey, that was good. And I, I know how many people have come in and out of this band. I mean, it's almost like Deep Purple-esque how many people have been in Iced Earth. So I was like, well, it shouldn't matter. Let me just check it out. And uh, and uh, you'll see what I think about it. But, man, I really love something Wicked This Way comes. And uh, I am... I will say I'm a new fan to to Eisner. All right, but, uh, cool. What you got? I know they're a Florida band. Yes, they're from North Florida. Actually, technically, the first time I ever heard of Eisner, but it, I didn't really realize it at the time. When Geraldo had that satanic special in the 80s. Yes, oh, I love that. They, they, they were interviewing people at a King Diamond show, and one of them was John Schaefer. And he was wearing an Eisner shirt, and this was... Like three, 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 four years before the first album came out, so they were a local band. But you could tell it's a very young John Schaefer, and the Ice Thirst shirt looks very bootleggy. You know, you could tell he didn't have enough money. The first time I discovered Ice Earth was uh, "May He Rest in Peace." There was a guy I knew called Alan Temple. I may have mentioned him on the podcast before. He was an elderly man that I met at a record store. Where he walked into the record store and he told the guy at the counter, he goes. I just got a call from Blitz from Overkill. And I just looked around. I see this guy. He looks like Santa Claus. And I'm like, <laughs> what did you just say? I just met uh, Blitz from Overkill. Just gave me a call. I was like, are you kidding me? And, uh, you know, and then we got to talking. And then, you know, he, at that time, you know, I was very broke. And I was selling bootleg videos. I would film videos. I traded videos. And I would sell those that I traded. So he was a very big client of mine. He bought all my Overkill videos and all. Anyway, so um, he's I used to he had a fucking library from hell, and I would I would borrow his CDs. I would go through his shit, borrow it, take it home, and you know listen to him, put him on cassette. This is how long ago this was, and bring it back to him. And Ice Earth was one of them. He had the very first Ice Earth. This is the early '90s, so this album was probably it wasn't. It was fairly new, maybe a couple years old. This was that to, the, the demo or the debut album? The debut album, 1990, with okay. The Fallen Angel. Okay. I was like, hey, this is, this is oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's very good. Oh, heavy metal. It's like heavy metal. I was like, cool, I'll check it out. I discovered a lot of shit, like Angel Dust I discovered from him. Uh, a handful of uh, fucking killer bands I discovered from that guy. Immortal, or Black Metal I discovered from him. I mean, this guy was like hardcore. But uh, 
you want to hear something funny, like, you know, he saw Led Zeppelin back in the day. And, uh, you know, he's an old, he's an old timer and he pretty much gave up on music and you'll never guess what band got him back into metal. You'll never guess. Go ahead. I'll have you. Tora Tora. No, he didn't like hair, but hair metal. He was cool. Uh, Pantera. Nope. Uh, MOD. Let me put it this way. They're not really metal. Oh, uh... And, and it's a band that I would not expect him to like, but it got him back into metal. Uh, the Pixies. Okay, I'll give you a hint. The It rhymes with schmuns and schmozes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, is he straddling the juju hounds? Yes, there you go. It oh, was nice. uh, Appetite for Destruction got him back into metal. And... But, you know, back then he was into, like... You know, before that, it was like Black Sabbath, Nazareth, you know, the classic rock. You know, what do you expect, like, an old-timer to like back in the 70s? Guns N' Roses got him into black metal, death metal. He loved all that shit. He loved Deep Purple. He had a big, he had on, on he had this big, um, he had a Bible from the 1800s. He wasn't even a religious guy, but he had a, he was a big, he had a lot of books. And you walk in his house, it's like total darkness. And I would always walk in there and sit there and I, this is back when I smoked weed. I would always go there, smoke weed and look through his metal hammer magazines and sit there and get high and listen to music with him. He'd play the latest thing. Cause he'd always have, he was, he always turned me on to shit. The first in flames album. I love <laughs> Chester's race though, though. They turned to shit after that. Uh, this early, is how Lee Gersman get, gets kids by the way too. Yeah. And, uh, he also he also ne- never had a blowjob because he found it unsanitary. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I borrowed Ice Dirt from him and I took it home and I listened to it and I was like, eh, didn't really care for it. I was like, I didn't hate it. I was like, eh, I'm not gonna record this. So I just took it back to him. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's not something I really, you know, it was all right, you know, whatever. But it wasn't until I heard, I went to the radio show and um, I used to do a radio show back in the day, The Metal Revolution, at a college radio. And they played this song called Violate from the album Dark Saga. And I was like, whoa, who the fuck's that? Well, that's Ice Earth. I was like, holy shit, that's great. You know, so I, I borrowed that CD and I fell in love with them. So there's when I started to, you know, they only had three CDs before that. So I bought Burnt Offerings. I bought Night of the Storm Rider and I went back to Al's and uh, got Iced Earth and recorded it. And by this time, I recorded it on a CD burner. So I had it on CD. So, but still, it never really done much to me. And uh, the same thing with Night of the Storm Rider, dude. I mean, I Burnt Offerings is my favorite. The first one I heard, really, it was the first one. But then Stark Saga was the first one that blew me away. But... Burnt Offerings to this day is the best fucking Ice Earth CD. And John Schaefer doesn't like it, believe it or not. Um, but, um, and then, you know, everything after Dark Saga, you know, uh, Day of Purgatory, uh, Something Wicked, Horror Show. Tribute to the Gods is really good. It's a tribute album. Uh, 2004 Glorious Burden, I liked a lot with Ripper, which was my favorite singer. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but my favorite singer of Ice Earth was was Ripper. Not my favorite album, but Glorious Burden is a hell of an album. Well, but the, I, I think he's a great fit, you know, 
Yeah, Vol- it was awesome. Vocally. Yeah. He was awesome. And, uh, but then he released two more with Ice Earth after that, that I was like, or one more. And I was like, eh, uh, didn't really do nothing for me. And I've really not really, no Ice Earth album has, has grabbed me till the last one. Um, Arrestable, I forgot the name of it now. God damn it. Is it, uh, Incorruptible. Incorruptible, I think. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. it's called. Awesome album. And that new singer's awesome because I did see uh, the tour before this new album, and that guy's great. Whatever his name is, he's fucking uh, awesome. Stu Block. Man, what a singer. Dude, that guy is a perfect fit. For, you, you uh, did, did you listen to Dystopia? Because that's what I listened to uh, that I liked a lot. That was his first one, I believe. With yeah, that. that's, that's the, that's the tour I saw. And you know what? It's not like it's horrible, but it didn't grab me like the new one. The new one really grabbed me. You know, it's just like the, the ones before Matt Barlow rejoined the band and it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't as classic as these albums I just mentioned, you know, up to glorious burden. I thought they were on a killer role, but you know, um, but now they got me back. But you know, I did see iced earth like a year or two ago. With Death Angel and uh, Ooh, uh, nice and Sabaton, which Sabaton is, I think, is a really good live band, but they don't do nothing for me on on record. But a lot is that of people... the guy that wears the chest plate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy is super cool too. I met him. He's <laughs> I, a fun... What are they like? I, I mean, I've seen them, but I've never heard them. They're uh, they're metal. They're just a metal band. They're very entertaining live. Like the... traditional metal or power metal. <laughs> A little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. There's m- m- melodic shit, but anyway, so um, yeah, I was very blown away by this singer live. I was like, holy fuck, because they did like Disciples of the Watch and Burning Times and like a lot of the classics. They even did Dante's Inferno, which is like a 16-minute song. Right. And, and my favorite Ice Earth song. Fucking epic masterpiece, which this album has a masterpiece as well, actually, I think. Um, and it and it also features one of my top ten, maybe even top five greatest Ice um songs of all time. But I'll tell you this: I am too used to Matt Barlow because all those songs, the songs I uh, I mentioned, um, are are on Days of Purgatory and also Alive in Athens, where I'm too used to those versions because. When I I own Night of Storm Rider on vinyl, believe it or not, and uh, I was just like, you know, man, I'm so used to the Matt Barlow version that it's not like this guy is named John Greenlee. He's not a bad singer. He's Jack, actually pretty good, but he's just not Barlow. And Barlow, like, pretty much, I'm gonna be saying this a lot through these songs. You know, these songs are great. The guy's good, but Barlow made these songs great. You know. And that's that's why I don't really revisit the first two albums. And I know the first album had a different singer than than Greenlee. I can't remember his name. But uh, yeah, they're a great band. Uh, I met John Schaefer uh, two times. Uh, one time he was extremely drunk and fucking hilarious. The, and the second, the first time I met him, just super nice guy. But man, I've heard a lot of nightmare stories about that guy. Like he's a dick in person. I've been lucky, man. He's always been very nice to me. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of most of Ice Earth. But you know what? Maybe I will go back and listen to Dystopia and all that stuff 
and see if it, it'll register better because those are albums I listened to once and I was like, eh. But shit, I listened to a new one once and I was like, whoa. You know, here we go. This is the Ice Earth I miss. But um, this album, uh, you know, like a spoiler, I'll, I'll just say it. It's like I'm, I listened to it today. I even took notes. Um, because there is like two or three songs on here that, I have, that, that doesn't that Mark Barlow did not cover because most of these songs have been redone by Barlow and uh, I don't revisit this album because this singer just doesn't do it for me but again I don't think he sucks but he's no Barlow that's all I gotta say and I will be repeating it uh, a lot but um Alright, so why don't you take the first track, Angel Holocaust. Alright, well before I get into that, I just want to say this is a concept album. And uh, I've listened to this album three times now, and I I don't have a physical copy, so I don't have the lyrics, you know, it's not like a, uh, you know, uh, Operation Mind Crime where I can tell you, okay, this is that part of the story and this is that. But just to give our listeners a little rundown of what this is about, and I'm going from Wikipedia right here. It says, this album's concept is about a man who is betrayed by religion and turns away from it in anger. The dark forces of nature reach out to this enraged man and use him as their vessel to bring death and destruction upon the earth. He is commanded to travel to a desert where he is given visions that reveal the truth of humanity and warp his mind further to make him the Storm Rider. After the destruction of the world, he is damned forever into the depths of hell, as referenced as the River Styx. After being forever damned and taunted by evil spirits, he eventually sees what he has done and realizes that it is too late to repent. So right there, holy shit, do we got some subject matter. Yep, and let that be a lesson to all you Jesus haters out there. Accept the Lord, or turn out like the Storm Rider. Yeah, if you're a fan of fiction. All right. Well, oh, you're, uh, you're, you're going to be fucked in the ass by Satan, bro. Yeah. Totally. And I'll be up in heaven, laying in clouds. Well, you know, when I'm taking a break from hot chicks putting grapes in my mouth, I'm going to look down and go, <laughs> and then spit a grape at you. Oh, man. You Singer. and the Easter Bunny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me and the Easter Bunny. We're going to be laughing <laughs> our ass off. <laughs> All right. So I read this as I'm getting ready to listen to this. I was like, wow, that seems kind of interesting. Very metal-esque topic. Uh, let me give it a spin. So it starts out, I hear some riffage, but I also hear some keyboards. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go fucking power metal and then it kicks in I'm like wait this is power metal but it kicks fucking ass Uh, the keyboards just accent a little they don't fucking overshadow Uh, they don't drown anything out they just do serve their little purpose and then you get a full blown fucking metal song and I love this shit this is like just true fucking metal I mean there's no like you know it's you know subtext metal you know it's like new metal blah 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 this shit to me is just straight up fucking old school metal I love the fucking shit out of this song 
I know this is one of the ones that was re-recorded with uh, Barlow for Days of Purgatory. I believe there was three off this album that no, are on Dave. Well, yeah, maybe on pur Purgatory, but some of these are on Alive in Athens as well. Right, right. That I'm not. I mean, I have that album. I haven't listened to it yet. Do you have I, the Do you have the extra bonus disc version? Yes, I have the full blown version. Yeah, of, I bought that shit, yo. Um, but uh, but yeah, I know. I was just looking because I know you had mentioned about Days of Purgatory. And I believe three of these tracks are are you know studio versions on Days of Purgatory. But uh, as you're mentioning, Ralph, a lot more are covered on uh, on Alive in Athens. And, and something to point out is that there is a shit ton of tracks off this album that are still played to this day. So no matter what you think about what singer or whatever, honest, honestly, John Schaefer must love this album because a lot of this is still played to this day regardless of singer or whatever. Uh, this is one you can tell Schaefer loves. By the way, it's six tracks. I just looked at it right now. Oh, is it? Okay, bye. I drink a little. Yeah. Um, but I love this. The vocalist, his name is John Greenleaf. And uh, the only album he ever did with the band, I dig it a lot. Their first singer was kicked out because he refused to take singing lessons. Uh, but this guy doesn't need singing lessons to me. Wow, good thing John Schaefer wasn't a thrasher die. I'd be without a gig. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if this guy has gone on to sing for anybody else. And and, and I do love Mark uh, Barlow's vocals, but it's kind of like, you know, we've talked about this a gazillion times. It's whatever you become familiar with first, nine times out of ten is, is going to be your favorite. So I had no... Uh, prejudice, even though I've heard other s singers sing for Ice Earth before John Greenlee, uh, you know, I've never heard this album before or tracks off of it with another singer. Can I, can I take a, can, can we take a break now so I can, I can do internet douchebag theater now? Okay. Okay, here it is. <clears throat> you are now entering internet douchebag theater. Uh, Mark Barlow? Who's that? Thank you. This oh. concludes another episode of Internet Douchebag Theater. <laughs> oh, Matt Barlow. My bad. <laughs> you know, don't you fucking love when somebody says that online? Like, oh, oh, I don't know. You know who I'm talking about, asshole. <laughs> who, who's Mark Barlow? Who's, who's Bob Halford? Who's that? You <laughs> asshole. You know who I'm talking about. Stop acting like an idiot. You fuck. <laughs> So you're, you're, you're making fun of me for getting a name wrong, but yet you're acting even more stupid than me, acting like you don't know who I'm talking about. All right, that, that includes the commentary. That concludes the commentary of Douchebag on the Internet Theater. Yeah, and, and you guys try to do this shit drunk. That's it ain't right. easy. That's right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, I don't have, uh, you know, the, the preconceived notions. It'd be like hearing... Uh, I absolutely love Judas Priest's live album, Metal Meltdown, uh, the first one they did with Ripper. Okay, but I know the difference because I knew, you know, of course, you know, I was raised on Rob Halford, you know, but somebody who didn't know that and heard that, I mean, it's not like he doesn't do a good job, and that's how I feel about this. I might grow to love the Days of Purgatory version because, I mean, this is a band I'm definitely like really want to delve into more. So I'm going to check that out. I have them all. 
Thank you, Mr. X. Um, you know, so I'm going to check out and compare. But as of right now, as a guy who just heard this album like three times in a row that fucking loved the shit out of it, these guys, this guy's vocals fucking kill. Well, and I'll tell you this. If you listen to Days of Purgatory and you still like this guy's vocals more than Matt Barlow, go dry up, you fucking drunk. Rehab your friend. Okay. Thank you. Well, I dig him here and I dig him throughout the album. I, uh, I No, really this like guy him. is good. Dude, that's one thing I got to say. I got to stress. This guy is not bad. He's right. really not bad. He's not a bad singer. I just feel like, you know, Matt Barlow just made them more. They, he gave it that oomph. You know, right? Well, it's it's like when I heard the, you know, the thrash or die, uh, you know, vocals your dad did. Yeah, yeah. True. You know, if I would have heard that first, I'd be like, well, that's the guy. I don't know who this other guy is. You know? Jealous much? <laughs> but uh, I actually agree with you. But whatever. <laughs> but no, I I really do uh, do like this guy. Uh, it's metal metal vocals he's kind of you know he can do soft he can do hard there's a little bit of like you know thrashy vocals and you know like i said there's a good chance i mean i mean you got good taste i i'll probably end up liking mark uh mark now you got really mad mark who's that (laughs) freaking frack it all starts with an m uh you know vocals better but uh for a guy that's new to this album new to this band I've got no complaints here, and this is just a rip-roaring, uh, great way to start off an album, even though like I was scared the first two seconds after the keyboards ended and the fucking guitars kicked in. I was like, oh, fuck, I am ready for this fucking, you know, this metal fucking album. I love this track. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, I think it's fucking epic. Now, um, I might have this wrong, so uh, sharpen your knives, internet douchebags. But I believe the opening to this song is a classical piece called Angel Holocaust uh, from, I don't know who, some classical composer. That's pretty much why it has that epic keyboard, you know. Uh, well, there's nothing listed as, as far as uh, as far as far music writers. It's just credited to Schaefer. A lot of times when they do that, they have a, uh, you know, like a co-write credit or something. Well, you I know, could... all that shit's public domain, too. You got to remember that. There you go. So, um, but yeah, again, I got I'm going to say this during every fucking song. Matt Barlow does it so much better. And, and so, so is the, you know, the version of Days of Purgatory and the live version, you know, but this tune has epic written all over it. Different shades of mellow, heavy, heavy to that killer Eister type riff, which is kind of like fast riffage in the middle with the spoken word. That is some righteous metal. And I, I'll tell you, I'll give this guy, John Greenlee, when he does spoken words all through this album, he's fucking awesome. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. That's my favorite part of his vocals. When I listen to him do the speaking word, I'm like, all right, that's as good as Barlow. But, you know, when he's actually singing, again, not bad, but, you know, not Barlow. Uh, second song, Storm Rider. Um... Another scorching classic, but again, it sounds strange to me with this singer, but the riffage in this song is so fucking badass, and the song structure is so metal, it's just, the the singer just does nothing for me, it's weird, it's not that he's a bad singer at all, but again, hearing Barlow sing it makes it his own, it's almost like he, he wrote this fucking song, 
you know, unlike Bruce Dickinson and Ronnie James Dio that couldn't do that to the original material, to the covers of the bands they joined, uh, this is kind of like the, the table's turn. I think Matt Barlow gives these songs justice. So, uh, you know, I love Night of Storm Rider. What a great fucking song. Well, I, I, I think that could be uh, like when I heard Bruce Dickinson sing The Klansman off of Virtual Eleven. Uh, you know, not a Baze Bailey fan by any means. I, I mean, at least on the Iron Maiden albums. Uh, even though there's parts of the song, I was like, oh, yeah, that's kick ass. And then, you know, when I got that Rock and Rio DVD and you hear Dickinson sing uh, Klansman, like, oh, fuck. You know, so, you know, and quite possibly that's how it could be with this. But as it is right now, I fucking love this track. Fucking hell yeah. True fucking metal. Just blue collar fucking, like, biking fucking metal. I love this shit. You can tell there is some total maiden and priest worship going on here. But adding to that the power of thrash. And, uh, I mean, just a great evolution of metal, in my opinion, because it's mixing all these genres. And this is a band, wow. I mean, I mean, two tracks in, and I'm like, how the fuck did I miss this? You know, why are more people not talking about Iced Earth that, that love traditional metal? Because, I, I mean, I was just blown away by this track. Absolutely love it. Bruce Dickinson uh, on the Klansman, uh, I only got, you know, this is my review of that one. You can't polish a turd. But oh, I like love, it. no, I love how Bruce Dickinson does Sign of the Cross, though. That is epic. That is really good. Oh, that, I'm sorry. That's the one I was thinking of. Okay. That's the one I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Klansman's just a fucking lame-ass, made-it-by-numbers uh, song. Yeah. No, I, 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 I do like his version of the Klansman, but you said that. That's the one I'm thinking about, the one that was, like, totally transformed on that. Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, 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 that, yeah, and I love, dude, believe it or not, I love Blaze Bailey's version. I think that, uh, that that's, there's, like, four songs off X Factor that I really do like, and I think Blaze Bailey wasn't bad. Ba- Blaze Bailey was amazing live, though, way better than on record. When I saw Iron Maiden with Blaze Bailey, I've heard so much bad shit about him live. Well, you know, the, I guess he just reserved the the, all, the only good show in Fort Lauderdale. I was lucky. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you take the next one, the path I chose? Another scorcher. Uh, not as good as the live version because of Matt Barlow, but still a kick-ass tune. But when this singer does those highs. I gotta admit, it it grates on me. It, that this is where his when he does highs, it just doesn't work for me. Where Matt Barlow's highs are much better. I know I, I I sound like a broken record, but the path I choose is an awesome fucking tune. So far, it's like bam, 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 but you know, just too bad Matt Barlow didn't sing this this album. But I I loves it. Wow. I'm, I, I tell you, man, as, as, as much as you're crying about this dude, I, I got to go listen to these Matt Barlow fucking tunes. I think he does the highs really cool. Because I, I, I fucking love this song. It is epic as fuck. Uh, to me, it's like Man of War minus the cheese. And the guitars on this song are fucking incredible. 
and uh, uh, something I, I didn't know until I was doing a little bit more research on this band. I always just assumed, you know, John Schaefer was the lead guitar player, but he's actually the rhythm guitar player. He does uh, do leads on future albums, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if it says on this, you know, you know, he goes back and forth. But the leads on this were by a guy named Randall Shaver. Amazing, and, amazing. Maybe my favorite of all. And believe me, they've had some good guitar players, but I'll talk yeah. about one song coming up where his fucking solo in that song is a goddamn masterpiece. Right. A metallic shredding masterpiece. But I'll get yeah. to that when we get to that. And uh, and just amazing. And the drums are, are by a guy who this is the only album he drummed on. Rick Shekariah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but... Uh, but he does an amazing job on this album as well. But, I mean, this is just one of those songs where, like, the, the riffs are so fucking good. And, and then you get to the solo. And, and what I love about the solos is it's like, it just serves the song without becoming masturbatory. And, and, that, and those are the solos I love the most. You know, that just, like, play, you know, what works well within the song, showcases great you know, uh, musicianship, but without like, ooh, look at me, I, I'm Marty Freeman, you know, uh, fuck you, you know, I'd much rather hear this kind of guitar duo, you know, and that's what it, it's like, it has that epic mating, uh, made like song craftsmanship, but also amazing guitars, which, you know, dueling sometimes that remind me of Priest as well. Uh, I love this track, could be. My favorite track, I'm, st- you know, like I s- even after three listens, I still feel like it's something new when I'm digesting. But this is one that really stuck out on me. Absolutely love the path I chose. So then we go into the next song, which is little, pretty much like an interlude called "Before the Vision." And this is one of those interludes that I like. It's not a throwaway does a little bit to serve the story and and just the guitars on it are just beautiful i I mean it's a really you know this band keeps going back and forth from you know stuff that's like so traditional metal and then there's elements of of thrash and power but then you get like elements of beauty like this that is just like god damn that's some good guitar playing and great vocals i might add uh on this song by john greenlee uh, Before the Vision, I, I think it's a great track, even though it's only a minute 35. It's not a throwaway. Uh, sounds perfect on the album. Totally dig it. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, this is the first song I never heard Matt Barlow do. And uh, and here I really like the singer because I, I, don't, I don't have Matt Barlow to judge it by. But yeah, it's beautiful. It's short, to the point, uh, little mellow interlude to the next song which I also never heard Mount Barlow do. And um, I think this one, he would make the song much better. As I don't like this dude's voice on this one. It holds the song back because musically it's heavy, a bit straightforward than what we've heard so far with some cool riffage filled in, you know, changes, you know, that thrash riffage. See, that's what's cool about this band. It's like they're not a thrash band, but they have thrash riffs. You know, and uh, 
But I gotta admit, like I said earlier, man, I do like when this guy does the spoken word in this song. It's my favorite part of the song, the, the uh, Mystic End. That's the name of the song. I don't yes. think I mentioned the name of the song. But I like the spoken word he does in it. It's pretty fucking cool with that riffage going on. It's, yeah, it's a good song, man. I just wish Matt would have done this one. All right. Well, I would have to say at this point, and spoiler alert throughout the album, this could be my least favorite song. But it has nothing to do uh, with the vocals. Uh, it just... The song's kind of chaotic and goes all over the place. And I think it's it's more of a tie-in than it is a song. I think it's something like... If I was to read the lyrics and to go along with the story, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a throwaway. But I think as a song itself... Uh, it's just not fully flushed out, you know. But I mean, that's the thing with a concept album. Sometimes you have a thing that that kind of ties them together. So lyrically, it, it might tie shit together. But the true trueness of a of a great concept album to me is songs that can stand alone, you know, without being part of a concept. And a lot of these songs, I should say, all the other ones. I believe can do that. I think this is the one that, like, if it wasn't part of this concept, it'd be like, eh. So I do not hate the song. There's, there's like, awesome thrash ones, but it's just kind of too disjointed all over the place. I don't hate it, but it is my least favorite. Yeah, the, I will say, like, you know, what I was saying earlier, there, there is a bit of uh, straightforwardness to this song that is not like Iced Earth to me. Though, then it does go into little pieces that remind me of Iced Earth, but some of the song is like kind of too simple for Iced Earth. So I would have to say it's my least favorite on the album as well. There you go. All right, well, why don't you take the next one? Desert Rain, a fucking Iced Earth classic. I fucking love this song. Such an epic tune. It's heavy, melodic, and chock full of changes with that killer riffage. I fucking love this tune with Barlow. Uh, always the with Barlow with you. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, and just for the haters out there, Matt Barlow. Not Mark, you silly bitch. Who's Mark? <laughs> you silly goose. I don't Who, know. Who's freaking Mark? <laughs> Frick that shit. Uh, hell yeah. This song fucking rocks amazing uh, it go, it goes right back to the epics you know because you have you have three like you know the first three are like borderline epic to me you know and then you know you got before the vision which is a nice little interlude little segue took a little bit of a detour at mystic end but then with desert rain you come right back into it and listen to this man i got I'm, you know i'm listening to it with headphones on cranked up and i'm just like fuck yeah how did I miss this fucking band? You know, like, why why was I not listening to this earlier? Uh, I really love this. And, and you know, this, this song came on. It was really like the turning point where, like, I'm a fucking Iced Earth fan. And now I need to, like, check out every fucking album. Because the way, the way this is, it's just true fucking metal. I love it. It is... Is it cock rock? Is it hard rock? This is just fucking metal. 
this is Iron Maiden esque, you know, Judas Priest, uh, you know, not as slow as Black Sabbath, but I mean, just, but it's that basic of primordial metal. I fucking love Desert Rain. Awesome track. Awesome song. Yes, sir. All right. Well, then I'm going to the next song, which is Pure Evil. And besides Pure Evil, this is Pure Fucking Riffs. Holy shit, man. You know, most bands don't even have, like, one epic on this album. This band has a shit ton of epic fucking metal songs. And the guitar playing on Pure Evil. Oh, my God. And this one, uh, this is one that has a co-writing credit between both guitar players, and it makes perfect fucking sense. All lyrics are written by John Schaefer. Uh, you know, the and the musically it goes in and out, but this is one that it, that is between the two guitar players, and you totally get that when you listen to this, because this is <laughs> this is a sound of two heavy metal guitar players that unabashedly love heavy metal. Pure Evil is pure fucking metal bliss. I love this fucking song. What do you think, Ralph? Favorite song on the fucking album. This is definitely in my top five favorite Ice Earth song ever. Uh, that riff that kicks in after that killer little intro is so metal it hurts. The horror of Babylon is here. The end of the storm is here. Fucking awesome. Definitely a fucking classic of all classics one of the greatest I serve song but with Barlow this dude just misses the mark a little bit he's good on it though I'm not gonna I just say Barlow does it better but this guy does deliver on the song I mean if it was a karaoke thing I was like dude that guy's good but he's no Barlow still but he's good so I think he did a good job on this Uh, reaching the end which we're reaching the end of the album it's another little interlude, and it's another one that Mark Barlow did on the Days of Purgatory. But I like this guy's voice when he sings like this, uh, like on uh, Before the Vision, you know. But it, it's pretty much, you know, an intro to the next song, which is a fucking... I'll talk about that later. What do you think of Reaching the End? Uh, again, I love what they did here. It, 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 it is a lot like Before the Vision. Uh, but again, the beautiful fucking guitars, great vocals, and it, it kind of serves the album and, and sets the mood. And You know what I mean? It's just, there's something epic and, and so metal about this album. It's funny because I know you make your little jokes about I don't love metal. I do love metal when it's fucking good. And this is good fucking metal. And uh, one thing I will do after this, though, is I promise you, I'm going to go listen to the the Matt Barlow versions and, 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 and see, you know, if it changes anything. Don't uh, change your mind. You said Mark. By the way, who's Mark? <laughs> to, to me, it, it could only get better. It, it couldn't get worse. I, or I don't know. Uh, I mean, I mean, what I should say is these songs can't get worse. You know, you know, it's they're so good, they're so good. And if this guy's vocals are that much better, so be it. Uh, and I love it. But man, what what this guy does, I, I love right here. Reaching the end, 
re- really good point of the album, and, and I love the way it fluctuates because you have so much power and so much metal, and then to have some beauty like this, it, it's a great light and shade, and uh, I, I totally dig it. But what do you think? I, I think of, of, I think I'm being a little unfair to this guy, though. I mean, I th- if there was never a Matt Barlow, I think I would appreciate him more. You know what I mean? It's he's not bad at all, dude. I mean, right. the only thing that really bothers me about him is when he does the high sc- the high pitch stuff. But other than that, he, he's a good singer. This guy's really good. I think John Greenlee's really a good singer. You know, but you know what? I right. think he would fit another band better. That's the, that's how I feel. You know. Well, 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 uh, oh, shit, I was gonna say something. I'm trying to remember. You're gonna say Mark Barlow. Yeah, I was gonna say Mark Barlow. Uh, Who's that? I don't know. I don't know. Damn it! I was gonna say something. that was a good point, but you cut me off. I hate when that happens. Well, I said that people who do that are terrible. I say this guy. This guy. I say this guy's a really good singer. I just feel like he would have been better. His voice would have been more suited for another oh, type of band. I know what I was gonna ask you. You said. Uh, you don't like when this guy goes high. Yeah. Now, when when Matt Barlow does these songs, does he go high as well? And you yes. just like his voice better? Yes, I think his highs are way better. Oh, oh okay. So, so that's that's what I'm getting at, though. At the same point, the songs Barlow goes high too. You, he just has yeah. a better voice when he does it. Okay. Yes, yes, that's what okay. I feel. I feel. All right. Well, what do you think of the last song, "Travel In"? And I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. Steigen. What's a Steigen? Travel to Steigen. Is that an ice surfer? So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, it's a nine-minute metal masterpiece. The riffage is what I love about Ice Earth. Fast and tight. I don't like your mom. And oh. this song has some intense solos by Randall. Uh, Shaver. Who's Randall Shaver? <laughs> I don't know. I think his name's Randy Sawyer. Uh, but go, going on a little over halfway through the song, this guy is fucking amazing. This was the solo I was talking about earlier. You know, this dude should have... Man, I wish he would have stayed in this band. He made it all the way to Days of Purgatory. Um... But man, yeah, you know, I mean, they've had great guys after, you know, like I said, John Schaefer did some solos on some albums. Tim Mills is great. Uh, Larry Tarnowski, I think that's his name. And the new guitar player, um, Troy Steele, is a badass as well. It's no, Jerkovsky. And actually, the new, nah, he's not the new, the new guy is called Jake Dreyer. Dreer, whatever. But, you know, after that killer solo, there's that menacing section with that evil spoken word. Again, the spoken word this dude does, and this is the best spoken word he does on the album. It's just perfect in every way. Uh, Well, when Matt Barlow did it. No, I'm just kidding. But I do admit, out of all the songs on here, John Greenlee sounds the best out of all the Barlow songs he did later. This is the song where I hang, I hang in the most where I'm like, this guy does a great job on, uh, I mean, this is a song that does fit him, even though it's very Ice Earthish, but I think he sing, he does a damn good job on this one. Prefer Barlow, of course, but I think John Greenlee does a great job on this song, and it is a nice, one thing about Ice Earth too, is I've noticed they're, they're the type of band that 
when they they do these long fucking songs, it, it, it fits them so good. Like Dante's Inferno, I said earlier, you know, and something wicked, the trilogy. I mean, he's it, it, it keeps me interested. It it doesn't bore me like. You know, like where the wind blows, and oh, you yeah. know, House of Clouds, whatever the fuck was the last Maiden album. Yeah. You know, um, it, you know, those are just overindulgent bullshit. Where this is like, dude, it makes like you know, like Merciful Fate, even though it's nothing, sounds nothing like Merciful Fate, but they go into these changes that are different than the last change, but yet they fit, and that's very hard to do. You know, I've tried it. And I've I've succeeded on postmortem star and television, but um, it's hard to write a song like this for me. When I try to write a song where you know I'm, I, I want to do something merciful fadeish, I want to do something you know not so straightforward. Like let's throw in some you know and believe me, those are the songs that take me the longest to write because I end up like getting really frustrated. And I'm I am a perfectionist uh, when it comes to like trying to do a song like that. I will not rest. Till I get that right, and even before I wrote Postmortem Star, I said this is a song that needs changes, that needs like, you know, light and shade, and and this one has it. This one has that light and shade, but that menacing section after that solo, fucking a, dude. What a great, great, amazing fucking song, and a beautiful ending, a, a great climax to this album. Love it. What do you think? Oh yeah. Uh, fucking epic. Um, absolutely fucking love this shit. And while it's not my favorite song on the album, uh, it's it's probably my third favorite. It's it's hard to pick between this pure evil and the path I chose uh, for my favorites. And that's not taking away anything from the other songs. Uh, but I absolutely love it. And and what I love you you hit on this is it's not boring. It's nine minutes and thirty-two seconds that never feels like it's more than five minutes. Yet you don't want it to end. Uh, and that's something you know. Of course, you hit on Maiden has sorely lost the fucking point on. Now you know their shit is just long for masturbatory reasons and to say, "Hey, we're doing a long song." It ain't like you know Phantom of the Opera or you know How Be Thy Name. You know those songs keep me interested. Right, and I'm the same way with. Uh, and I know even though we disagree on uh, the great rhyme of the ancient mariner, I don't think there's a wasted second there where you think even that could be trimmed a little bit. Uh, just a, oh no, dude. And that's one of my all time favorite maiden songs, rhyme of the ancient mariner. If, but if that little bass section could have been shaved like a minute, like if it went straight into the spoken word or maybe, you know, uh, one time or two times the bass and then into the spoken yeah. word. I would have enjoyed it more, but yeah, it went on way too. Oh, long. oh, uh, and, and I no, I, I I know you love the song, and I love the song too. I just you know I just unabashedly love it. But you know this is one, uh, it's just like God damn, it's so fucking metal, and that's the whole thing I was thinking while I was listening to this, because uh, you know I listen to so much different fucking music. I listen to all kinds of different shit. And it's been a while since I've listened to something that was just so, like, you know... I, I, I would say the one before this I listened to that was so much metal that I fucking loved was the newest Night Demon record. 
that I, I absolutely fucking loved was so much like, yes, traditional metal, you know, like, thank you, metal gods, for delivering this. But listen to this album, I was just like, wow, you know, and, and you could tell it was recorded earlier, you, you know, than the Night Demon, you, you know, a record. It's just, it's of the time, but it's also harkens back to a time, and man, I just... I was so happy to listen to this. Just, oh, man, it just makes me want to put on a denim vest and sew on another fucking patch that says fucking Iced Earth. I mean, I really, really dug this. But, I, like I said, I do, uh, I, I promise, I'm checking out a lot more of these guys. And I am going to listen to the Matt Barlow versions. And on a future episode, I will give a like little, like, you know, compare... Uh, what I think is a superior version. Uh, but yes, what an epic way to end the album. Now, there is a different version of this album that brought a live track, uh, a live version of Storm Rider. Now, I don't know. Well, I guess by looking at the, at the, at the notes, it, it's a live version with John Greeley. Uh, I would love to hear that. But uh, in closing, man, what what an amazing metal band! And at, at a time where, uh, man, there there was nothing like probably uncooler than fucking traditional metal. I, I mean, at the time this came out, hair metal was just you know was dying, thrash metal was peaking. Uh, grunge was on the rise and then here you have this band from Tampa, Florida that just said fuck you, we're pretending like it's fucking 1983 all over again and I fucking love it uh, Storm, Night of the Storm Rider such a great pick I would have to say so far out of all the, uh, the, the fan paid for episodes, this might be the, the best surprise to me Actually, I think I, I know what it is. Out of albums that I didn't know, uh, this is the one like, wow, really turned me on to something uh, that, that, that's changed me and, and made me want to go search out a band. So thank you, James Kevin Carruthers. Uh, uh, I got to say, the one that surprised me the most of all was uh, the Cure album because I didn't kill both of you when I saw you in Nashville. There you go. Oh God, crying like a bitch. Yep. And, and not not to quote the Godsmack song about Nicky Six. Uh, but uh, but no you, man. You I, know that song, and you call me a bitch. I, All I, the irony. I've never heard it. I just know the title from. Nah, that's what she said. <laughs> He's oh, I hate Godsmack. Uh, but uh, no man, I really, uh, James, dude, thank you for. Uh, for picking this album because it was really fucking cool, and I'm glad that uh, Ralph, you went back and and checked it out, and you listened to the, you listened to it on vinyl, huh? Yeah, I put on my vinyl. Awesome. I, awesome. I actually bought a lot of Iced Earth on vinyl that have that are like repressings that have different album covers than the original. Though that Stormwriter album album cover, the original, I like so much more. That's oh an, yeah, that's an awesome album cover. Oh yeah, the original is much better. But yeah, like, I, I pretty much bought all the early Ice Earth albums on vinyl with different covers. Yeah, and I'm wondering, I don't know. I mean, I know what cover I picked 
you know, to have it in my iTunes. Uh, but I don't know if I have the original or the remaster version of it. I, I have no idea. Uh, well, it but, shows a guy on a horse coming down with an axe. Right, 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 right. No, I mean, I, I, I picked the album cover, but I mean, I don't know sonically if what I have, because they re-released it, remastered. I don't know what copy I have uh, sonically. Well, I, I, I think, it, no, it's still the same. I mean, of course, it sounds better. It's on 180 gram. It sounds better, but they didn't remix it or none of that shit. It doesn't sound different. Well, no, It just they, sounds better. They did a remix remaster of this album. Well, it sounds better. I don't really tell, I can't really tell a difference. Okay. It's kind of like, you know, those, uh, the Kill 'em All and um, Ride the Lightning albums. I bought the deluxe box, and those are remixed and remastered. It sounds the same to me. It just sounds better. Right. You know? But, uh, you know, before we go on Pick of the Week, because I would use this as Pick of the Week, but I believe I have already, because you were telling me uh, you haven't heard anything metal, you know, other than Night Demon and this. Well, I highly recommend you check out a band called Enforcer. Because if you dig these bands, you're going to definitely love Enforcer. Are, are, are they a new band or an older band? Well, they started like in like 2008 or something like that. Okay, okay. So that, that's new to me. Yeah, yeah. It's fairly new. So yeah, I definitely recommend that band. Check that out. I, I think you'll be surprised how good they are. Are they, are they uh, American band, English band? I could be wrong. I think they're from Sweden. Okay. Enfor- I think. En- Enforcer and what's the name yeah. of the album? Oh, they have several albums. Uh, oh, okay. In- Into the Night is a great one. Uh, Diamonds, Death by Fire, uh, From Beyond are the albums I own. I don't know if they have anything else. Put put Exciter, Anvil, Agent Steel, Night Demon, and fucking uh, Ice Earth in a blender, and you got Enforcer. Oh, well, well, I'm fucking sold. I'll be looking that up as soon as we're done, because I love all those bands. Very good shit. All right. Well, now it is time to go into the pick of the week. And uh, you got one, Ralph, or you want me to go first? Oh, I sure do. All right, what you got? My pick of the week is definitely the best pick of the week you can have for this episode is Days of Purgatory. So you can hear Matt Barlow do Angel, Holocaust, Storm Rider, Pure Evil, Desert Rain, uh, Reaching the End, Travel to Stygian. You can hear him do all those songs, plus a lot of stuff from the first album. Uh, like Enter the Realm and Colors and you know, The Funeral, Cast in Stone. Great, great album. That is, and it's such a, you know what it is? It's like they got the best of the first two albums and they had Matt Barlow sing those songs and they re-recorded. And then there's a good reason for it, you know? Because they got Matt Barlow, they did two albums, they're like, yo, man, we're playing these songs live, these old songs live with you and it sounds so good. Let's go in and re-record this shit. And... Boy, it really did fucking help me to get into fucking uh, those early songs. Trust me. Do you do you have the two disc version or the one disc version? One disc. I I, I have that on CD actually. So. Okay. Well, there also is a two disc version uh, for the fans out there. I may have the two disc version in my iTunes because I'm looking at my iTunes now. And there's 15 songs, so I'm not sure. Okay. Fifteen is the is the one disc edition. Okay, so I don't have the two disc. Ooh, I wonder what's on that second disc. There's a two disc edition that has twenty one songs on it. Would you happen to know what the bonus tracks are? Uh, it it doesn't. Uh, I mean, I can read the songs, but I don't know which ones are different. The two disc version 
has Enter the Realm, Colors, Angel Holocaust, Storm Rider, Winter's Night, Nightmares, Before the Vision, Pure Evil, Solitude, The Funeral, When the Night Fails, Second Disc has Burn Offerings, Cast in Stone, Desert Rain, Brainwash, Live and Death, or Life and Death, uh, Creator Failure, Reaching the End, Travels of Stagarion, uh, Dante's yeah. Inferno, and Ice Earth. Yeah, I saw. I heard a couple of those. Life and Death is not on my version. And I think When the Night Falls is not on my version. Um, and, and, and Burn Offerings, which is a song that Matt Barlow did. So I guess it must be a re-recording of it? It says the two-CD version has rough mixes of several burnt songs from Burn Offerings with uh, the opening to the title track re-recorded. Uh, and that's about it. Alright, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, the two C D was a limited edition for European audiences. But well, has but has si- hunt, yeah. has since been released in the United States. Well try to try to hunt that one down, but believe me, I am very happy with the one disc version. Right. So if you can't find a two disc version, go for the one disc. Believe me you. You'll end up loving these songs more than what we just talked about. But then again, maybe the guy that requested it thinks Matt Barlow sucks. Alright. Well, that, that that is a great pick of the week. And uh, my pick of the week uh, keeps it in, in tune with, with what this album is to me, and that's traditional great epic metal. And I'm picking one of my favorite albums by Iron Maiden, and that is Power Slave. Uh, I think Power Slave, uh, believe it or not, as popular it is, I still think it's underrated. Uh, because I, there's so many people who are just all about, uh, oh, two minutes to midnight, you know, Ace is high, or, you know, the title track, and then Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. But to me, it's also about songs like Lost for Words and fucking... Uh, Flash you know, of the Blade, Back Flash, in the Village. Oh, yeah. I mean, though, to me... The Duelist. Yes, I mean, that is a perfect fucking album i mean i fucking love that shit and uh and that and that's one i really want to get on vinyl uh so far the only since they put the main uh you know remasters out on 180 gram uh i have uh somewhere in time but the next one i want to get is definitely fucking power slave because that is just metal to the fucking bone and uh and the songs we just mentioned, you know, that that are the lesser-known tracks are still, like, quality, epic fucking tracks to me. So, uh... In my opinion, Power Slave is the only Bruce Dickinson Iron Maiden album that has no filler. Well, we disagree there, but I love it. Uh, what album doesn't have any filler to you? Other than Power Slave. Uh, Number of the Beast doesn't have any filler. Power Two fillers. Power Slave doesn't have any. I mean, uh, uh, Peace of Mind. Peace of Mind doesn't have any filler. Puss of Fire. And uh, uh, I love it. And Somewhere in Time has no filler. Uh, and you know it's really weird. Like the two songs I don't like off Number of the Beast, which is Invader and Gangland. And I love both of those. Uh, and not that I'm proud to admit this, but on a hard and heavy video, uh, Steve Harris said those two songs suck. And I was like, well, I, I agree with this guy. 
You know what's funny? You know, you know what I think is more filler than Gangland, and and that is Total Eclipse, which wasn't on the original. See, I disagree there. I wish that would have been on there instead of Gangland. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind that song, but I love Invaders and Gangland, especially Gangland, dude. I fucking love Gangland. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And you like, but then again, you like Quest for Fire. In a time when dinosaurs walked the earth. <laughs> Yeah, nobody knows what he says after that. That, that. That's the only. That's the only <laughs> filler on peace of mind. Because everything else on peace of mind fucking rules. Well, I, thought you, Quest, I, thought, I thought you said you didn't like. Uh, what I thought you said no, you, didn't, you didn't like Revelations. Drinking. No, 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 no. This is what I said about Revelations. It was the one, and it's very rare this happens to me. It's the one song that didn't age well. There's a. There's. Oh, that, I don't that, get that. But you know what? Even when I I first bought. Peace of mind. It was like, yeah, Revelation's a good song. Now it's kind of like, I want to hear Flat Acres, you know. When I when I start when I start hearing it, it's not a bad song though. But it just, I don't know. But but I like it. I, I can't say it's a filler, right. you know. Uh, but quite, you know, that's why I, I let's say if Quest for Fire wasn't on the album, it'd be my least favorite on there. But I still like it. Uh, what are you gonna say? Who are you gonna agree? You like Book of Souls better than me, so. Yeah. I liked, yeah, I liked the, about three songs on there, so. <laughs> yeah. you know, I gotta admit, it was like the best Maiden album they've done <laughs> since uh, No Prayer. <laughs> All righty. Well, now it is time to go into Fan of the Week, and Fan of the Week is the man who paid for this, and we talked about this previously. This man is kind of anomaly, James Kevin Carruthers. Uh... Dude, we don't know much about you because you're not on the Facebook page. Uh, and if it wasn't for the great Chris, what what, what what's his new nickname? Shitsack. Chris Shitsack. Oh, who said that? Yeah, somebody said that. That, in that, that was Scott Stein. <laughs> Shitsack. That's and fucked he, up. And, and Scott Stein loves you, by the way, Chris Shitsack. He just thought it sounded funny, and we all had a big laugh over that, Chris. I, I happen to have inside information that Shitsack hates Scott Stein. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, we we had a, we had a great time at the Decibel Geek uh, podcast headquarters. Uh, we had a great day over there. It was a lot of fun. A lot of sex. Yes, a lot of manly sex. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we don't know a lot about you, brother. Uh, I don't know how you listen to the show, so I hope this gets to you. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, funding the expo that we just came back from, where we ruled. Yes, I'm not gonna lie, we were the stars of the show. Um, Man, look at the ego on this guy. I know. Hey, fuck it. I I believe in me, and I haven't even seen it yet. I don't remember it, but I just know. I just know we ruled. Uh, but uh, man, you you helped uh, you know you helped pay for that fucking hotel room that we were in that I got to jerk off in once before you know it was filled with Ralph and Scott Stein. Hell, <laughs> hope it was on your bed. Yeah, right. Um, oh. <laughs> but but we thank you, brother. And uh, hey, it's 2017. Get on fucking Facebook. Join the fucking Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Facebook page. Where you only have to answer one question to join. And if you don't answer it right, you don't deserve to be there in the first fucking place. I've had to turn down, I would say right now I've turned down about 
15 or 20 people who are just wow, like, people people actually picked the wrong answer yes and i've had some people pick they're like both i'm like gone gone yeah oh and one guy today this was so funny this guy wrote a diatribe about the question he said oh that's not a good question this seems like it's a personal agenda, not an honest question. And well, like, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But but I sat there, I was like, hold on, let me read this whole fucking diatribe. And then I put block. <laughs> yeah, you just, know, look. Not just look, delete, but block. Let me, let me put it this way. <laughs> if you're going to write something, you know, like a fucking novel, we don't want you. You know. <laughs> You know, if somebody says, wow, man, I like Sammy Hagar, so this ain't the place for me. Fine, and leave. Yeah. But if you're actually going to lecture us, we definitely don't want you on the page. Yes. Yeah, because we know that's going to be problems. Exactly. I'm rubbing off on you, Ian. Before, you would have let anybody in because, hey, it's numbers, it's numbers. Now you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to follow Ralph's lead and fuck numbers. Well, I, you know, I I have learned by example, man. We, we have a nice... Not that everybody has to agree because, yes, that's absolutely boring. But if, if you can't just agree on the one thing uh, that's universal, who is the best... Who is the only singer for Van Halen? If you can't agree on that then we're going to have fucking problems and let's nip it in the bud. Let's abort this fucking baby and use it for stem cells. That's what I think, you know? And and plus, uh, anybody that likes Sammy Hagar, we don't want you to listen to us. Exactly. So kinda, you're kind of like uh, killing two birds with a stone. Yes. You're, you're not letting them in and you're pissing them off enough not to listen to us anymore. <laughs> and one less Hagar fan listening to us is a good thing. Yes. And you, and you guys can just sit in purgatory until Justin Childers starts his podcast. So Welcome to Childers World. Oh. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming soon. Welcome to Justin Childers World. <laughs> yes, that will be an epic video. All if right. If he's listening now, he's probably like, oh, what does he mean by that? What do you mean if he's listening Uh-oh. now? Uh-oh. What do you mean oh, what? if yeah. he's listening now? That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, fuck this shit. Let's get into the plugs. Hey, rock music fans, this is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life, and I'm usually joined by a friend or two, or ten, and we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday, exclusively on YouTube. Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's. 
Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot UK. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulik, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Simp Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcast. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is the Ayatollah Alcoholic, Ian Wadley, and I want you to listen to my brand new radio show, Wadzilla World, where I cover every era of fucking music that I like, and a few that you like, too. Check me out every Saturday. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on Soundphoria.com. I'll see you there. Hey, this is DJ Mac. I want to let you guys know about the podcast with my co-host DJ Metal Mike. Mind Over Metal. You can find us at MindOverMetalPodcast.com. We're also on Spreaker, iTunes, Podbean, and uh, just about everywhere else you get your fucking podcast from. Oh, yeah, and we're also on uh, YouTube. 
So check us out for the best in heavy metal and hard rock music, news, discussion and reviews. That's the Mind Over Metal podcast. Download it, subscribe to it today. All right. Well, if you love this truly fucking metal episode and if you didn't, why the fuck are you here? Come back next week when we enter what I believe is the final three. Yay. Uh, Yes. The final three of the you paid for it, you got it episodes. We've been doing this shit, believe it or not, since fucking March. Uh, but that's how much you guys donated, and then we appreciate everything. And I'm not telling you what's coming up next week, but uh, I'm going to tell you this. We had to review it. Yeah, and I can tell you this, too. Next year, when you donate for us to review an episode, you can hear Ian do it alone on his radio show. <laughs> well, the price might go up. <laughs> yeah, true. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.